0: Jesus ministered to the poor and oppressed every day. He must have keenly felt the divide between earthly reality and God's love and justice. This parable, he tells his disciples, draws us into an exploration of that divide, a reading from Luke chapter 18. Jesus told the disciples a parable on the necessity of praying always and not losing heart. Once there was a judge in a certain city who feared no one, not even God. A woman in that city who had been widowed kept coming to the judge and saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. For a time the judge refused, but finally the judge thought, I care little for God or people, but this woman won't leave me alone. I better give her the protection she seeks, or she'll keep coming and wear me out. Jesus said, listen to what this corrupt judge is saying. Won't God then do justice to the chosen who call out day and night? Will God delay long over them? I tell you, God will give them swift justice. But when the promised one comes, will faith be found anywhere on earth? Thanks be to God.
1: The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My husband, Javen, has wanted to renew our living room for years. The furniture in there was from a family member almost a decade ago. It's a little too big for the space and doesn't make the best use of a small room. But it works okay, if you ask me. Our two cats have scratched the couch corners and the rug over the years. So we've said that after the cats are gone, we'll do something new in the space. Makes sense, right? Thank you. (laughs) What's also true is that I'm accustomed to the status quo. I don't want to deal with the disruption of another home project, and I'm cheap. It's true. Something shifted recently, though, in the plans I thought were years into the future. For months, Javen has persisted in turning up the heat just a little on this idea. He invited an interior decorator to give us a free consult, just to get some ideas. He created a Pinterest board for the project, and then I knew it was getting serious. He brought home cards with paint colors on them and just left them lying around. Discussion starters. Finally, last Monday, we went to just look at sectionals in some nearby stores. The first place said that furniture orders were taking months to fulfill, and supply was so short they weren't even selling the floor models. I thought, we can postpone this due to lack of inventory. But wouldn't you know, the second place had exactly the piece we had discussed. It was the right color, shape, and style sitting right there in front of us on sale for about half the price we had been expecting to find. So we bought it, and I kissed goodbye any hopes I had of free time this week. Tuesday night when I got home, Javen had already disassembled the living room. I knew it was going to be a big change when he greeted me at the door with, don't be alarmed, but I started doing some things. The horse was out of the barn at this point, so we ordered the rest of what was needed to make the room right. He sold or gave away furniture pieces we were no longer using, so they went to folks who could give them another good life. Wednesday was patching and spackling the walls. Thursday was taping and priming. Friday, we put on the first coat of the new paint. Yesterday was a second coat, plus even some of the ceiling. Javen did much of the work, but I helped also. Mostly because I wanted to be close enough when things went sideways to say, I told you this wasn't a good idea. (laughs) Finally, yesterday afternoon, when the painting was done, we wrestled the sectional through narrow doors, and Javen put together a new TV stand and wall-mounted lights. We tried out the new arrangement after dinner time, and I must admit that despite my protestations along the way, it really is a big improvement. I'm not saying that Javen is the persistent widow and I'm the unjust judge. (laughs) But I'm not not saying that. Being on the receiving end of a months-long campaign for change has helped me appreciate the situation this judge was in when the widow was showing up day after day after exhausting day. The judge here is used to his word being final, thank you very much. What he decides is the law of the land. But this woman would not take no for an answer. After he dismissed her case, she kept bothering him, saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. No, get over. But, sir, I'm a widow. I'm on my own now, forced out of my own home to sleep on the street. You're the only one who can make it right. Grant me justice against my opponent. No. That settles it. Now, get out of here. I've got other things to do. Sir, I'm not going away. Grant me justice. No, 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 no. But you're the only hope I have. Grant me justice, the justice I need. And no matter how often the judge said no, she still came back to him again and again. When the judge arrived at court in the morning, she was there waiting at the front of the line. Hers was the last voice he heard when he was going home. When he left the building, he had to pass by her pickets and protests. She followed him home and pounded on the door. When he tried to relax with a bath, her voice came through the window into the house. When he put cotton in his ears and stuffed a pillow over his head to fall asleep, he still could not get any peace from this woman. When he stepped out to get the paper in the morning, she was there on his doorstep. On and on and on this went day after day until finally the bedraggled, hassled, unshaven and unslept judge had had enough. I don't fear God and I don't care about human beings, but this woman is driving me crazy. Take your justice and leave me alone. So ends Jesus' parable. Jesus says that prayer is like this woman's pleading, insistent, persistent, not taking no for an answer. And if even an unjust judge could be persuaded by constant pleading, how much more so God, who is generous and hears all our prayers. To be sure there's enough injustice and calamity on the globe to cause despair in good people everywhere. The pandemic, Afghanistan, climate change, hurricanes, racial disparities everywhere we look. There's so much trouble in life that it may seem like prayer is whistling into the hurricane winds. We pray about all these things at church and in our own lives. We pray for wisdom in dealing with them. But the problems don't seem to go away, or they're replaced by new ones. Nevertheless, Jesus says, with a persistent heart of prayer, as persistent as the widows pleading, our corners of creation will be transformed, and justice will be done. Prayer is the way that we turn our hopelessness over to God, giving it over, and making ourselves more available to what we can do in our own situations. When prayer becomes a regular way of life, it changes the course of life. Kimberly Bracken Long explains how our prayers do not constitute so many unanswered pleas. Rather, they're our participation in the coming reign of God. By praying continually and not giving up hope, she says, we live in the surety that God has not abandoned this world. Living in hope, we work in whatever ways we can for the justice and peace that is coming. In other words, prayer leads inside a person, but then outside as well, calling us to do what we can for the sake of the kingdom of God. Prayer takes on physical shape, such as when Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel walked with Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. in the Civil Rights Movement on protest marches across the United States. Rabbi Heschel later wrote, for many of us, the march from Selma to Montgomery was about protest and prayer. Legs are not lips, and walking is not kneeling, and yet our legs uttered songs. Our, even without words, Our march was worship. I felt my legs were praying. Persistence in prayer renews our faith in God's promise to bring about a future with justice. It gives us courage to take action as well, joining with God in the costs and joys of faithful discipleship. We pray for the person who is sick, yes, then we send a card, give a call, or bring a casserole. We pray for our children and then strive for compassion with them even when they fail our expectations. We pray for the church and then make it better through our participation in the church's life. We pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Then we go out and we do it to the best of our abilities. Prayer and action. It's like every conversation that Javen started with me about the living room, patiently opening my heart, expanding my imagination to the change that's possible. And prayer like this can be about so much more than a new sectional. We persist in prayer and in action because God's deliverance is already known to us in Jesus. We worship and serve in response to the one who entered this broken world and overcame unjust suffering for the sake of God's eternal, unending love. Resurrection is more powerful than crucifixion. Jesus shows us. When all our doubts pile up like stones on a tomb, and there seems to be no way, God moves the stones. And there is a way, even often, a way we never expected. This is the faith that's written on our hearts. This is the faith that gathers us together. Therefore, from now until eternity, for as long as it takes in our lifetimes to see justice on earth, in the world, let us persist in prayer and keep showing up, our bodies, our hearts, moving in love and justice for God's realm on earth as it is in heaven. And come see my new living room change happens. Amen.